bruce willis was dead the whole time there were two killers luke that's your daddy the robot did it snake was a good guy he really wasn't cheating they was in purgatory the whole time what everybody dies verbal kent is kaiser so say they killed old yellow oh my god everybody in this tyler perry movie got aids spoiled movie reviews hey welcome to the blackout tip spoil movie reviews that's right um and it's time to review another movie this for movie reviews are for people who have seen the movie don't ever plan on seeing the movie or just don't care about spoilers because we do spoil the movie and today's movie is the first man um uh <laughs> which uh stars ryan gosling um and a bunch of other white people uh i have uh <laughs> resident white people expert my man jl covan of making podcasts great again fame what's going on jl hey uh nothing much thank you i like that title uh white white person expert yeah you do you know your white movies you know your way around a white movie man <laughs> um <laughs> now uh you know it's uh it's been a while since we've done uh one of these reviews together um and uh especially since we've talked movies and stuff uh before we get into the review man what are like what's your front runners for the year for uh your favorite movies oh well that's funny you should ask because as of now as you know and there's plenty coming out in the next couple of weeks in terms to shape up the oscar race but my number one movie my favorite movie for the year would be first man so that's that's a spoil of the spoiled movie review Mm. and uh i think a quiet place is probably my number two okay um even though i know that's that might get some oscar love but it's sort of it's sort of unlikely mm-hmm. um and i was trying to think i think i had written something else that i like in my top top and i can't remember those are the two that have just come to mind right away as sort of my my top top of the top okay and uh what have you been watching like lately like what movies have you gone to see uh as of late uh i just saw uh spider-man uh the animated spider-man into the spider-verse yes yes which i liked i i know i i, I didn't i didn't love but i liked but mm-hmm. i think uh the righteous girlfriend was was sort of upset because there's a lot more that she wants to see than than superhero cartoons mm. and i was like but it's at 98 percent on rotten tomatoes like it's probably and she just she did not enjoy it mm. not that she thought it was terrible she was just like i wasn't into that yeah. um but i liked it uh and the mule which i thought was uh was bordering on terrible okay which disappointed me um but i think it's a terribly written movie i don't think it's still clint eastwood is a good director and i don't think the acting is is particularly bad Mm -hmm. it's the acting's fine it's got a strong cast but it's it's not a good movie uh i liked widows Mm -hmm. uh that's probably in my top five uh i really enjoyed widows um i saw creed 2 which which i enjoyed i mean that's not like an oscar sort of contender or anything right um big steroid budget for that movie though <laughs> uh those two dudes like they, boxers there's like very rarely do boxers look as jacked as those two dudes <laughs> yeah they look like uh they look like bodybuilders that happen yeah, to be fighting exactly it's like fitness model versus bodybuilder for the heavyweight title <laughs> of the world <laughs> yeah i was waiting on them to sell us some flat tummy tea between uh between scenes there um yeah i haven't seen the mule yet um i don't know that that trailer looked terrible to me but i know uh my man um chris lambert was uh really into like this movie so uh i hope it, i hope you know we'll see i don't, I don't know that one looked kind of boring and it's an hour 50 minutes like really see dude? the trailer for me though got like i thought you know and part of that is you're like oh clint eastwood okay i don't know he's he's not at his peak but he still has had a good like post 2000 record mm-hmm. and so the trailer, I was like, all right. all right. And then, like, they show you Bradley Cooper, and I'm like, oh, I'm sorry, A Star is Born is, is in my top three. Oh, yeah, for sure. Uh, <laughs> it's 
first man and a star is born. It's 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 Larry Bird versus John Stockton for my uh, best picture. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> rounded rounded out by Mark Price at, uh, with the quiet. Gordon place. Hayward out of a quiet place. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but the like then they show Bradley Cooper and I'm like, oh well, he's obviously at the top of his game right now. And then they're like, oh, and Lawrence Fishburne. I'm like, oh, and Andy Garcia interesting this is a this is an a-list cast coming out in december so i like that kind of got me pumped for the movie but at the same time i was just like this is definitely gonna be one of those i I joked about it online but i was like if you replace morgan freeman with clint if you replace clint eastwood with morgan freeman in the mule Mm -hmm. first traffic stop Oh, the cop shot him four times, saw him <laughs> reaching for his license and thought it was a gun. <laughs> this guy's definitely got some drugs on him. Um, <laughs> that's but I yeah, mean. I just, I thought it was my biggest problem with the movie was I thought it was, it was not particularly well written. Mm. Um, and very like, it, I don't want to spoil it, but the beginning of the movie, because obviously you know from the trailer that he's, he's muling drugs. Right. And the movie kind of starts with him at like a, a bridal shower for his granddaughter and they have a big family fight because the daughter his daughter hates him so then every the whole family leaves except clint eastwood who's like not welcome at the bridal shower and then a friend of a bridesmaid comes up to him and goes hey man i hear you're 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 you're, if you if you need money i know some people who could help you out and that's how he gets into the like a stranger sees this 90 year old man at a bridal party and is just like hey man if you need help here's a here's a number of some drug dealers i know wow okay i know that's it's like a terror and i'm like i know somebody said it was like sort of based on a true story and this is one of those cases where i go if that's actually how it happened i still think you should change it for the movie because it seems so ridiculous yeah that yeah that <laughs> you gotta editorialize that shit right and that's like within the first like fifth 13 minutes of the movie and i was it set me on a tone of like oh boy yeah um so i think the latest things i've been i've been getting a lot of screeners this year so i See saw that. like disobedience uh which is okay it was about two lesbians kind of trapped in the orthodox jewish life um i did like spider-man into the spider-verse but i feel like that movie was made for me not you know like yeah yeah. you ever leave a theater and you're just like i don't no one else should like this i don't know why i got such a high rating um (laughs) but i you know i read all those fucking comic books so i was like yeah this makes sense to me but sure um but yeah that happens like once or twice a year i would leave a theater and i'm like why does anyone else like this um but uh yeah i saw uh can you ever forgive me which i thought was a good performance by melissa mccarthy and um, chris lambert yeah and my man <laughs> black actors uh, no i thought yeah can, can you ever forgive me i thought was really good like i saw it mostly out of just like i want to see chris on screen so i went i went went to see it in the theater so i was just you know that was more like i'm sure it's going to be a good movie but i'm you know you know if you don't go see your friend in a goddamn major motion picture what kind right. of friend are you true uh and then and then i ended up thinking it was like an excellent movie yeah melissa mccarthy uh killed it man i was really uh uh you know i was blown away because i thought uh, and it's funny is it's she did the kind of thing that uh, uh a lot of comedians do where you go serious after mm-hmm. doing a bunch of like shit slapstick shit so it's like the uh the extra bounce of yeah. being like kind of like oh she can actually act and uh yeah she was really good in that joint um and then i saw the favorite and the favorite uh was a surprise because the trailer does not let on that all those women are fucking each other so uh, yeah i thought yeah from the trailer you're just like oh this is gonna be some palace intrigue of like one trying to curry favor over the other and it's like no they're they're all they're all rubbing her legs and going down on her. <laughs> right. You're like, oh, this is. This I mean, that's took one a turn. way to curry favor. But. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, this took a turn. Y'all should have put this in the trailer. Feel like y'all would have got higher ratings, uh, uh, higher returns. Um, so, all right, let's get into this movie. Um, the the first. But man. I assume you're excited for Vice on Christmas. Oh, I have Vice as a screener, and uh, oh, you have it. Yeah, I literally like put it in uh, right before we were about to do this show, and I was gonna put it uh, watch that. But then uh, I took it out and put Green Book in because I got to do that review first. But um, 
no i'm excited for vice man i think uh my man christian bell about to finally get that um get that oscar he deserved man well i I, as i've already previewed uh on somebody's page on facebook like any award that goes to any dark knight adjacent person Mm -hmm. i'm gonna claim as a dark knight oscar (laughs) so if christian bale gets best actor for vice i'm gonna be like finally (laughs) <laughs> Ten years after the fact, we finally recognize the Dark Knight. He finally got Heath Ledger's Oscar <laughs> that he deserved. Um, nah, man. I'm, I mean, I'm a big fan of Christian Bale, man. I actually uh, liked his version of uh, Bruce Wayne more than anybody else's. So, um, you know, he was well cast because he, you know, it's kind of, you know, the American psych, like the American Psycho part of him. Mm-hmm. You know, if you tone down the Psycho, but like that arrogant, classy well-dressed banker is like perfect for bruce wayne yep and And i mean honestly bruce wayne is crazy right so (laughs) it made sense to me i was like yeah like i always felt that uh up until this point everybody who played the uh the role played batman as the alter ego and bruce wayne as like the the main character like he's a guy he's you know he's like a rich guy and he cares about people and then he dresses up on the side of his bat and like fights crime and 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 christian bell was first person i've seen play it where he's like no he's this batman motherfucker all the time and then bruce wayne's the 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 you know the the facade the right the playboy the flashy playboy is the act yeah and that was like yes that makes perfect sense and uh I, I hate it how how it ate, how time aged on it but his choice to use that voice was that i was like yes that's brilliant that's that that makes much more sense that someone would not recognize that dude as batman with that voice modulator thing or talking that way because you can't just walk around as the most famous fucking billionaire on the planet and talk in your normal voice and beat people up that's not that's not a thing so right like if trump or bloomberg were dressed <laughs> up like you their voices would be very easy if they didn't disguise themselves yeah you made a world where this dude is like one of the most famous people on the planet you know what i mean you can't have it both ways where it's like he's so famous but he also is anonymous enough to whoop somebody's ass and in, in, in his own city and nobody would put it together get the fuck <laughs> out of here um but yeah man i mean and you know my love for the dark knight is deep it's just uh the the black panther versus dark knight agenda you pulled out of nowhere um, <laughs> i refuse to let i refuse to go down uh with the ship on that um uh but i mean hey good news is uh black panther is up for uh golden globe um for best movie as, as a drama so hopefully uh we'll get that w and move that move that momentum right on into the oscars all right let's talk some first man all right so uh first man is a movie about neil armstrong um played by ryan gosling uh it's a biopic on the life of the legendary american astronaut neil armstrong from 1961 to 1969 on his journey to becoming the first human to walk the moon exploring the sacrifices and costs of the nation on the nation and neil himself during one of the most dangerous missions in the history of space travel um let's talk about what we liked about it then we'll talk about what we didn't like and then we'll score it from zero to five um ooh, this thing had a 60 million dollar budget did not know that um so uh what'd you like about this movie uh jl give me give me some stuff okay uh first the fir- the mvp for me of this movie is the director mm-hmm. uh chazelle um he's the guy who did la la land and whiplash mm-hmm. uh because i think it is i had just finish reading the right stuff by coincidence about sort of the group of astronauts that preceded the neil armstrong group of astronauts and it had me in a very like awe-inspired mood for like space real space travel and i thought the movie captured like the danger how crazy like even in the opening scene where neil armstrong is a test pilot and these guys are basically like these early pilots for these high-powered spaceships, like ships and 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 army, uh, a navy sort of ships, uh, they were basically just sitting on top of rockets. Like these weren't like planes. These were basically like, here's your seat, here's your controls, and ninety percent of this ship is a rocket. And you see that the way they film. How you know if you don't like flying, this movie will take you like ten levels above that because you're just like this guy's just sitting in a plane that's just nonstop turbulence and fire, and I thought it I thought it captured exactly how 
dangerous and how almost absurd it was what these people were trying to do, if you think about it. And then culminating with the moon landing, which I saw in IMAX, which was amazing to me in terms of I think what he was trying to do was not just make it like an impressive film, but really convey oh. of like yes, uh, you got you this, got this cut off. Leading. You got cut off a little bit. You say he was trying not to oh, make. Oh, sorry. You said trying not to make just an impressive film, but try to convey what? To convey. Oh yeah, it says. Why does it say poor network connection? That's on my end. Sorry. It's all okay. good. Um, it was. In other words, we take. I think we sort of take for granted landing on the moon even though even today how many people have actually done that how many astronauts are there in the world it's a very elite rare profession well according according to steph curry none exactly um god i was so disappointed with that right because it was just like why are you why are you ruining like why even if you think that this isn't this isn't an activism kind of moment even if you do think that the moon landing is fake it's not like you coming out and saying that is the same as like Black Lives Matter or kneeling for the anthem <laughs> or right. supporting a political candidate. It's just like I have a stupid opinion and I really believe in it. But you have to know there's no upside right. to like saying that. Yeah, between him and Kyrie, I was really like, what is going on with the best point guards in the NBA? You know, very weird. Like, I watch out for Russell Westbrook. Let's not let's not ask him anything too controversial. He fuck around and be like, "There's no dinosaurs. That that's all made up." Um, but I I thought culminating with the moon landing, it conveyed, especially in the IMAX, because it was like the only scene in the whole movie that was IMAX was the moon landing. So like when the ship opens up and the moon just kind of fills the entire IMAX screen, it really to me conveyed a sort of awe for the moment. Mm-hmm. And I thought, as well as any movie I've ever seen, really took me into that, what it must have felt like to be walking on the moon, to be witnessing that on TV, like at that time. Mm-hmm. So I just, I, you know. Now, does it do the astronauts a disservice that there's a conspiracy that we fake the moon landing and then in movies we consistently fake the moon landing? <laughs> right they never actually it was cgi they didn't actually <laughs> film on the moon which is you know obviously going to be some controversy come oscar time like, yeah that's yeah. the main reason i can't see this uh winning because uh, <laughs> i would i would like to see like michael bay combined with like richard branson to be like we're actually going to film the first movie on the moon that's a total james cameron move like if if anyone's going to do that it's james cameron going his ass all the way to the moon in a fucking like solo manned uh ship of some kind uh, just to film there as a documentary not even to make something cool uh, Mark Wahlberg and Jake Gyllenhaal have been <laughs> method acting preparing for nine years for their trip to the moon to film Moon Buddies, a film by James Cameron. Yeah, my, Mark Wahlberg can't wait to breathlessly uh, talk on the moon. <laughs> hey, guys, I'm running out of oxygen. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> um, but, but yeah, I, big, I did it's think... a big movie. Yeah. I was just going to say, like, in the, the main thing, without, like, maybe going... I thought the performances were, were good. I didn't really have any... There was no... To me, there were no real flaws in the movie for me. I think it was... But the biggest takeaway for me from the movie is that I felt like it was an experience and it took you to that time and that moment really well. Yeah, oh, no. I think... Yeah. Did I break up or no, 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 no. I heard you. I think, um, I think scope was the big like um, positive for this movie. As you said, the moon, the actual moon landing, being the the first, the best. Um, I think also immersing you in the difficulty of uh, the task they were undertaking. You know, mm-hmm. especially showing you like you know. I think you open with like the first. Uh, like neil's flight uh to space where he uh not it's not like on a uh it's on just like a not a jet i don't even know what you would call it yeah like a jet it was basically like a like a jet like a early an early prototype jet yeah like it wasn't like like yeah it's it's like i'm saying jet but in your mind like the the eye the 
the uh mental image you get of a jet is not that yet it was like it, the it's first... basically a rocket ship with a seat a rocket with <laughs> yes. a seat front right and so like moments like that they really bring you into it because you're like oh yeah in the moment there's no fucking way to know that you're gonna be okay you know what i mean like now right. like the scope of hindsight uh and the fact that we're alive in 2018 we already know that all this shit was successful so the stakes of the film are un- unfortunately for me like kind of artificially like muted because i'm like yeah they did it but he right. but this director has a way of bringing you into the moment to where you really do feel the immediacy of oh they did not know they were gonna do that like like this was all like mm-hmm. i hope this shit goes right and i don't end up like slamming into a mountain and killing myself uh and, and right. so those moments were really good and i thought that's where the film really shined for me was most of the stuff with either nasa or neil like you know like that when he tried to uh they were in the i don't think it was a yeah it might have been the desert but they were um doing using a prototype of the um landing pod you know with the whole like helicopter type thing and he's like try, trying to navigate it and it fucking explodes and he like ejects from it the last second right. uh like like though and he comes home it's like he's dragged through uh the fucking like desert with his by his parachute and he comes home his face is fucked up and his wife is looking at him like what the fuck happened um those moments were probably my favorite in the film because i'm just like yeah this is a harrowing experience and it took right like testing the equipment it could be fatal forget yes. like going to the moon like you're just practice this is like you know dying during uh like warm layup like warm-ups in a in, in a game you're just yes. like whoa that's or blowing out your knee like doing layup lines yeah they had uh some astronauts literally die in um one of the tests um mm-hmm which uh is weird because i did not know that happened <laughs> like you know um it, it's I, I mean i assume you know america propaganda and whatnot we don't want to um highlight too much of that you know what i mean just, what we just, well what's what's crazy is from that because having just read the right stuff one of the guys like obviously they focus on neil armstrong's friend yeah. for the kind of personal narrative but one of the three astronauts who died was gus grissom who was one of the original seven like mercury astronauts like that first group that became Mm. super famous and it was like in real life that was probably the headline not neil armstrong's friend died and that's it was like more like legendary astro but for the movie's purpose i'm sure they they focused on the connection to neil armstrong which was his friend the guy from the americans yeah (laughs) and they also make it like they were they were kind of rock stars of the time in a way because you know it it was a time before uh where the america was pushing this uh like us against russia you know and so yeah these guys end up becoming like you know household names and shit in a way that like you said we take for granted now you i mean most people probably can't name astronauts from the last you know 20 years um right they were the original kardashians right yeah yeah (laughs) Uh, which is weird because like in their life in the the way they depicted their lives in this it's like they're not really they weren't really like going anywhere (laughs) like they were always like living on a base or you know they go to the white house but that seemed like like they never had like neil trying to just like go shopping you know right. like like i wonder like it just it must have been like he was a bit of a celebrity if they were allowed to do that kind of shit um the other thing i was kind of surprised of um by by all this was how much of his personal life they did put in there you know um yeah. like uh the death of his child uh before he even takes on this um you know this mission um and uh the stuff with like uh how he was like so solemn and wouldn't talk to his wife and shit wouldn't talk to his friends and he's like freaking out um inside and stuff um i thought all that was like a kind of a humanizing look at somebody that i think for most of us has been like a larger than life figure you know yeah he's just like a name like a he fucking walked on the moon first like america did that shit one small step for man you know all that shit and then they took it and were like yeah but he's a a dude too you know and not like a perfect dude but just like kind of a dude um so yeah uh what else did you like uh i thought i mean obviously the imax and the and the scope i thought the performances were very good i think you know ryan gosling to me is like the 
is is like the prestige Keanu Reeves in that I don't think he's a great actor, but like you give him the sort of stoic the sort of stoic role where he doesn't have to do too much. Although he was good in uh, that comedy with Steve Carell, Crazy Stupid Love. Yeah. Um, and that was a little different, you know, like he got to be full on sort of comedy suave guy. That was like the peak. Of, that was his peak when he was like possible sexiest man alive type type level fame. Uh, but normally I think he's he's not like a super rangy actor, but I think playing kind of a stoic astronaut type is mm. is very much in his range. Um, the way Keanu Reeves like may not have a ton of range, but like he can play the fuck out of John Wick. Yeah. Um, so I thought, I mean, I thought the cast was was all very strong. Um, yeah, I was and, a big fan of Corey Stahl as Buzz Aldrin. Um, oh yeah, like he's the, as like the dickhead astronaut. Yeah, and and I was <laughs> a little bit like, do Neil and him have beef in real life or something? Because <laughs> the depiction in the movie was very much like this dude's a dick. Like, I mean, he's at the funeral uh, for Gus Grissom and them, and he's like, yeah, well, I mean, clearly, I mean, not Gus Grissom for. Uh, for the the first dude that died in the experiment he's like yeah well clearly i mean you gotta slow up on you coming in on that landing i mean obviously that we all thinking it right and everybody's like you fucking dick you know no, and wh- what's crazy about that and that made me think i was wondering if and my nephew actually goes to buzz aldrin middle school in jersey <laughs> um but i was i was thinking um if that was true because you it, it, it's like did the movie need a villain or something to sh- t- kind of verbalize what people are thinking or was he actually a dick and i don't think he's famous enough that i feel like the movie wouldn't put that in if it wasn't true if he right. wasn't kind of a dick because it'd be like slandering another american hero just to make a cinematic point right um so because in the right stuff they talk about how like nobody says that shit like right. it's almost like a it's it's just one of those things you, the the wives don't talk about death the pilots don't question other pilots even if they're thinking it because it's mm-hmm. just like a code like you don't want to jinx and you don't want to disrespect like you all know the dangers but you've suppressed it so much so that you can do your job because it takes somebody who's got a different mindset to be like yeah put me on this rocket we'll see how fast it can go and if we can eventually go to space like nobody's ever done this the chances of me dying are like one in five so let's go yeah it's like you don't you don't say that so it was like if he said that shit the response would have unquestionably been like you you what the fuck did you say you asshole (laughs) yeah yeah that was so i I have to imagine he really was sort of like that because it'd be weird for like the second dude on the moon ever to be like yeah we need a villain can we make buzz aldrin just the dick just because we need someone to be a jerk they also did that thing too where they they did a good job of making america's like whole race with russia and the the nationalism behind all this in the background but important you know where it was like you need to go fucking talk to the president and uh you know they cut on the tv and it's like oh the russians just sent uh, another dude into space and they beat us up there what the fuck you know so um i did like that um and it and it just they have some of my favorite like character actors in this joint mm-hmm. um so uh they have my man that played the coach from friday night lights in this joint Oh yeah, he plays. Uh, he played one of the uh, original seven. Um, yeah. If I remember, he was one of the other. He was like him and Gus Grissom were the two guys who were like from the original seven astronauts. And he's so good at playing like a <clears throat> kind of a pensive like boss <laughs> dude. Like he fucking kills that role every time. Like he, he's basically <laughs> just the coach from fucking Friday Night Lights. Oh yeah. Like <laughs> he's he like... was so. I was so glad he got an Emmy for the last season of Friday Night Lights because he. He and his wife, Connie Britton, they were so good. Yes. Like you just be- – it was like they are married, right? Like they're married in real life. Like- <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, like yeah, this is a reality natural- – it's a reality show. <laughs> yeah, it was uh, – yeah, watching them, the only other – like Michelle Obama describing her, her romance with Barack in her book and the Taylors in Friday Night Lights. Those are like <laughs> – the ultimate descriptions of real but excellent couples yes yes exactly man um 
but yeah that was uh that was that was that dude was a uh, cast in there great um and i thought he did a great job um so let's get into um <clears throat> dislikes was there anything uh you didn't like about the movie um it's it's very hard like honestly i don't i wouldn't give the movie an a plus but i would give it an a or five stars uh, i think it was uh, you know and maybe i was just in the right mood because mm-hmm. sometimes i think that can happen where you're just like you don't place the expectations too high but you're right. just in the mood for a, a movie and you sit down and you're comfortable and the snacks are right mm-hmm. it just felt like the whole experience i left just going that was that was awesome my only beef was like somebody's phone went off during like a very <laughs> tense moment and i was like come on man that's the worst um, yeah and it was like perfect like somebody wrote to me on twitter when i tweeted about that mm-hmm. and they were like that same thing happened to me at blank blank theater and i was like that's where i was <laughs> at, we were at the same show right uh, um but it's like uh, the scene it's the scene where like they're counting down and the fuel is running out on the landing and they're like yes. it's, it's like we have to turn this shit around if we do not fucking land within the next three seconds and then somebody's like hello I was like, you've got to be like, it's so, it was such a perfect moment for my angry old man in 2018 of like, we are watching American icons try to advance us technologically and in the global power structure. And this is a, a defining moment. And you and your dumb cell phone, which they never had access to, is going off interrupting this moment. Um, I thought like very nitpicking because I know everybody's like, I think Claire Foy, if the movie gets, gets some awards or nominations, Mm -hmm. she's likely to get the only acting nomination Mm -hmm. from the movie. And I thought, once again, I can't judge whether these things actually happened right? or, or, but I felt like if there was any cliche character, not that she was bad, I think she's a good actress. But if there was any cliched character, her like talking like like it's always in, in a movie made in 2018. There's always got to be that woman, the dutiful like 1950s wife who who had more spunk and gumption than the other wives. Mm. And she's going to get in in uh, <laughs> Coach Taylor's face and go, you boys and your toys, you don't know what you're talking about. I'm like, right. you probably would have just been polite. <laughs> yeah, you better bring him back down from the moon. <laughs> And I mean it this instant. I'm like, what? what? What the fuck? You can't do anything about this. Right. So that that was my only my only thing was like maybe it happened. Like right. same thing, my critique with the mule. Like sometimes right. things could have happened and I understand you want to be true to history. But then also sometimes things happen and they look too cliche and too movie-ish. Mm. And I go like, man, eh, maybe you could have toned that down a little bit. May, maybe make her a little bit more of the the, the quiet strength type. Yeah. Instead of having to give her like little monologues that like show how strong like she's the woman behind the man and just not that that's not true and not valuable. But like my in, in, my instincts would have said it was probably more of a quiet strength than a in your face pointing fingers at people strength in 1966. Right. Yeah, I guess um for me. um claire foy does kind of fall into like dangerously close to some like <clears throat> bad archetypes for women characters in these type of movies like the you know the, the you know like that that the woman is kind of just a spoiler you know like she's against right. she's against what the audience wants so you end up being like all right we get it like uh you don't want the motherfucker to go to the moon it's dangerous but like the movie is called go to the moon you can't like you can't be the only person not down so i like that she wasn't all the way there with the like you know don't do it you're gonna get killed <laughs> like it wasn't like that like rocky you can't win <laughs> right like she was very supportive um but they did a good job of showing the toll that it takes on their relationship um sure. and i loved the scene where she made him tell his children like just in case you gonna die out there you can't like you can't just pack your bags and walk away out of the house like it was all good and your kids didn't even get to to say goodbye or know what you were doing right Um, like i like that at home that like behind closed doors kind of this is how it'll be that you know that's the kind of thing whereas out in the public it's like you have to be the astronaut's wife you have to be the that that would be my 
my uh, guess is that in public you played the secondary role, but in the home you would you would speak up more and take a more forceful right. uh, approach. And and so uh, you know I, I I enjoyed that um, you know and then ha- them kind of showing how like she had to be there for the wife of the dude the the a widow of the guy who got killed and shit and yep. all that type of stuff I appreciated it you know the loss of the child wearing on both of them that was dope you know I like I thought she did great but um, for things I didn't like um, you know obviously this goes without almost without saying but like i don't know how many more times we're gonna make this movie you know what i mean like there there is it's the era of american like exceptionalism and stuff but right we keep going back to this well and it's starting to have like a, that effect where people say they don't want any more superhero movies and i'm like i i feel what y'all trying to say but um at least like those fucking movies are like different and then they're all in a shared universe and they build towards things and you know if one of them sucks it's, it's that's okay this this shit is just like we only had one moon landing or whatever you know what i mean like there's only right. one apollo like we're, we're going to just keep doing the same story so uh, so a little bit i have a little bit of like that type of fatigue you know what i mean but um i do appreciate them directing it to make it feel more intense but i just feel like i've seen this shit my whole life so that was a little bit of a knock on it um the other thing is i don't and this is a hollywood thing i think the more screeners i get the more i'm getting kind of uh hip to the game but these uh (laughs) these period pieces not a lot of roles for black and brown people in them not a a lot of let's go back to the uh, 60s let's go back to the 50s the hidden hidden figures were truly hidden in this movie come on michael eric dyson (laughs) Uh, <laughs> i was like they're, well they're doing mathematical figures the figures that are of color are actually hidden not just in a taraji p henson way but in an actual hidden not visual to the visual eye kind of way and that has to change as the poet kendrick lamar said <laughs> yeah um it was very um it was very much like i think the one role for like a black person was uh somebody playing gil scott heron uh <laughs> like in a montage was like and the revolution will not come to the space when the white man lands on the moon and i'm like i mean i guess that counts <laughs> towards the diversity numbers but like not well, I really think, i think what that my guess was because when i saw that i sort of thought the same thing yeah. i think that was he he wanted to tell the neil armstrong story right and I don't even know if it was about getting a a black or brown face on camera as much to say I am acknowledging that this was an issue and there were people during those times who were not simply staring at their TV going, this is amazing, but right. saying this is a sort of, you know, a, a, a an exclusive white uh, sort of profession and mm-hmm. pursuit. So I think that was – I don't know if that was even about getting – making the cast not all white. I think that was about acknowledging the story was all white and yeah. that that – yes, well, I, there was I, a historical problem with that. Well, I want to count it because they need the numbers. So I'm right. going to give it to them and it, like my – like that's actually like my highest uh, praise is that they they looked at the cat film and said, oh, we should probably put a couple black people in here somehow. Like we got to find a way – to wedge that shit in you know and i'm okay with that because you know niggas need rolls is is what it is um so but it was but it was like one of those things where uh like i said going back to space we've seen this the these period pieces and it's not just this film i mean like the favorite you know what i mean like i like that film but it's like why y'all keep doing these stories (laughs) like in this in this like one like uh let's go to uh england in 1700s um sorry black people so so you know i i did notice that um can i tell you that just yeah. off just based on some of the books i've been reading like i i read uh this biography on john brown uh like earlier this year and then a fictionalized book and i i think to myself it would be cool like i'm surprised a movie hasn't been made about him and i think the right guy to play him 15 years ago would have been mel gibson yes right like like it would have been the perfect movie for that braveheart Mm -hmm. era patriot and braveheart like righteous violent white dude just just 
bringing justice to an unjust land. Yes. And, and I really mean that. Like, I think he would have been the guy. He actually, he might be the guy now. Yeah. In terms of having his crazy eyes and his beard. But yeah. I just don't think it would be, it just wouldn't. I mean, you couldn't sell fighting. that. Yeah, you couldn't sell right. that movie. But yeah, but, I, I, he could play that. He could totally play the role of the crazed abolitionist, uh, who, uh, was truly ahead of his time. And he was uh, ahead of this time right, in a way. Right. And I look at that and I go, it, it makes me, you know, if I ever become a successful screenwriter, maybe I'll use my power to make that. But I wonder, like, would people, I think plenty of black people would know the truth and right. not look at it as a white savior movie, especially if it's just done in the right way. Mm-hmm. But I feel like some people might say, oh, oh, God, we, oh, great. Like the one white guy gets a movie mm. from the Civil War, except it is such a – it's so crazy to me that I, I don't know of any like major motion picture about that. Well, you'd have to do it with like Ryan Coogler directing – and right. then and then casting some white dude like it had to get like that shield of like oh yeah. ava, ava duvernay's brown you know what i mean <laughs> like yeah yeah well yeah but that maybe that like yeah that's a good point but may, i think they might be interested in that because yeah. then they could you know i just it, i just think it's a it's sort of especially in these times where like you look at a guy like that and he was so radical because he was so committed yeah. To actual equality, which we're not even equi- like comfortable with today. Right. <laughs> so it's like he looks like an insane like. And it was like religious based too. So it's like that yeah. extra level of like, no, this is a real Christian. <laughs> like, <laughs> right. Like I, I believe in uh, the teachings of Jesus and the word, the words of the Declaration of Independence. Right. Not the bullshit you pu- people have spun on it. <laughs> right. He's like, no, I, I believe in this so much that um, I'm willing to go out and kill and die for it. Um, so, and that's you know that's 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 so funny because like so many movies go back through history and they always do the thing where they make like the white dude woke for the time and it never really feels right you know what i mean where because it's like everybody's like i hate niggers and colors and i i own slaves and uh fuck these nigger children and shit like that and then there's always that one white dude's like hey 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 cut it out nah these (laughs) niggers these niggers are people and and it's always it always feels like that's not how that happened and that's not what it would go down and john brown wouldn't be hanging like the thing is he lived with like some white people but a lot of black people in his like community so it's like he he wouldn't be able to kind of maintain any kind of sanity if he was actually living in one of these like where he had to be the voice going don't whip your slaves be right he's he's, he's trying the best he can and so john brown always comes off the best to me because that feels more real that if some white dude thought uh this was a horribly unfair injustice they they would have to start killing people and shit like they wouldn't be able to be like hey man don't hit them so hard you know <laughs> he right he, and i just that's like the one period piece that i'm looking at going like thinking i'm surprised especially because there was the the book the good lord bird which was like a fictionalized john brown story but it won a bunch of book awards like that's another way because that and i wouldn't be surprised if somebody adapted that because that is told through the eyes of like a fictionalized slave girl who Mm. escaped a boy who dresses as a girl it's part of the plot but who like it's told his story is told through the slave boy Mm. so that the narrator is this fictionalized slave that like travels along with him yeah well according to uh variety ethan hawk and jason bloom are adapting the good lord bird for tv what yeah (laughs) That's from July oh, 2018. Ethan, okay, Ethan Hawke's going to have to bring that first reformed package. Yes. Bring, <laughs> hey, look, I just saw first reformed. He could do it. Oh, wow. All right. That's that, okay. That part where he told that white woman she disgusted him, I said, hmm, <laughs> I see something in that dude. That dude can act, man. Um, so that's, well, that's good. I just wish it was coming to the to, to the a big theater, screen. unless it's going to be like a prestige kind of mini series. Yeah, they're doing a limited series based on. Oh, okay. On oh. The, well there we go so boom <laughs> can't wait to see what that's gonna be man kind of excited oh, for that sorry to take us off but that just popped into my head when you were talking about period pieces and it always being this way or that that's the one that i'd be con- curious to see how how they pull that off right because uh, aaron and i posted just just sorry that it's along this topic right, but, right. I, but i posted 
Um, I didn't have the link to it, but on the New Yorker podcast this week, they had Aaron Sorkin talking about his adaptation of To Kill a Mockingbird. Right. It's re- it's a really good discussion from a guy who's obviously aimed to make this play true to the book, but also um, a little more, not to use the, the term, a little more woke version of it that doesn't treat the kind of – you know, they, they, like, he was saying he treats Atticus Finch a little more realistically, like, we always think of him as the guy who just always stood up for right. And, and he talks about Atticus Finch having to come to the realization that the system would fail black people. Cause he's always doing the whole, like, the law and the, we'll be, you know, we treat them as respect and we, we do the law and justice will be seen. And it's like, no, justice isn't seen. Like, that's the kind of part of the point of the book is like, the good guy loses right. and he has to see like the, the play he was saying he wanted to make it more obvious that like he had a blind spot to how bad the situation was. Right. And then it kind of hits him in the face like, Oh wow, this, this, this sucks. <laughs> well, the, um, so, uh, back to this movie though, the, yes. la- the last knock I have on it, um, and it's probably the most controversial knock, but I just don't think Ryan Gosling is a great actor. Um, and so there's a lot of stuff where I just feel like he's getting by on his looks and just being silent. And uh-huh. this this is another film where he did the same shit. Like I I don't know, man. I'm waiting on this guy to switch it up a little bit more. Like uh, he's got to have more in his bag than just being the guy that like smolders at the camera and looks off into space. But that was a lot of what this role was for him. Um, so uh, I found myself to be a little bit bored when the film focused directly on him. But right. I, I did, I liked, like you said, the director and the scene, the action scenes, quote unquote, were really the, the sell of the film. And he's just kind of a guy who gets you from scene to scene. But he didn't like, I wouldn't see, I couldn't see him being nominated for this role. Um, oh, no. Cause he just doesn't, he doesn't really bring much. Um, so. I see, I agree with you on Gosling in general. Yeah. Um, you know, I remember the, the movie that really pissed me off with him and sort of was the beginning of the end of his sort of peak period was drive yes oh my god why do people love that movie i have i thought the opening to drive was phenomenal yes that like that so i'm sitting there going oh shit this is things that like 94 percent of rotten tomatoes they're talking oscars maybe and that first scene i go oh boy it might be as good as they said mm-hmm. and it was all downhill from there i was like is this dude special needs right what was he doing sarcastically i was like is he is he like a little bit and i think that's baby driver that movie baby driver right yeah made him like i think was he like ass like he had like asperger's or something right and i think that i wouldn't be surprised if the people who wrote baby driver were like i think the problem was that people thought gosling was special but he actually wasn't it was just a weird performance and movie we'll just make our guy actually a little special right um no so from that movie i was like he just sort of stares awkwardly and he's quiet and i'm like this is weird but he does that in a lot this movie in particular that's why i compared it to like keanu and john wick Mm -hmm. i don't think keanu is a particularly great or rangy actor but he has a skill set that is well served Mm-hmm. by john wick and i thought this movie the quiet stoic you know symbolic hero is yeah. like a role that doesn't push him out of what he can do well it's weird though because it this is another one of those things where i think neil armstrong's more myth than man for for me because you know it was before you became a reality star like this is like this was back when you could be super fucking famous and we really didn't know anything about you Right. right um so i don't actually know neil armstrong's mannerisms if he's outspoken or not if he's like his i don't even know his talking cadence you know like in a way where we could be like um you know what um uh, he really Chad, nailed that or yeah chadwick boseman like chadwick boseman doesn't sound like uh jackie robinson we we know that because we know how jackie robinson sounded and all this shit um Neil Armstrong's not that like he like we don't have like there's not a lot of cameras in his face there's no iconic moment other than uh one small step for man so we don't really have like a voice or a personality so to me it was like he was a placeholder anyone the dude from Han Solo could have played this role it didn't even fucking matter who was in the lead role because it was kind of just a stare at the camera role um 
so i'm just i think he just in general gets on my nerves as a as an actor i don't know why he's such a big deal um and blade runner was terrible that was another movie with two, uh, two plus hours of this motherfucker staring at the goddamn screen while i feel like while, i set you up for that one unintentionally because i was with you know when i posted i hated the first blade runner but i liked this one Mm-hmm. I feel like that trapped you because I don't think you like the first Blade Runner either. No, I hate the first Blade Runner. Right. So I think I led you. You 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 maybe had more hope for the new one because I was with you on hating the first one. Yeah. But I really did like the new one. It was terrible. It was it was horrible. It was it's so exactly. long. It's, I don't even think it was close to terrible. I thought it was really good. Like not like hey man you're you tra-. like we're very opposite yeah, on that. Movie. It's very like it's not just bad. It was like literally one of the worst movies of the year. Um cuz it's very long and then it's very like boring. So like it's need it's needlessly long where they decide uh the director of uh, Villanueva or whatever he decides to make he makes these choices where he's like okay we're not just gonna have him like land his spacecraft thing and walk into the building no 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 that's too simple we're gonna fucking turn up the volume and we're gonna show every second of him circling and then parking and then he parks like a fucking half a mile away so we gotta show the entire walk and it's gonna be dusty and it's gonna be like is something gonna happen is some action about this is he gonna have to fight no he's not gonna have to fight he's just walking in the building guys and i'm like what the fuck like why would you do that just cut that fucking five minutes out make a two-hour movie and then we got something here man it's just um and that's before you get into like i i think he has some weird ideations about women and shit in the movie that are apparent you know like the naked women uh future giant tall naked titties out women uh advertisements and then the fake ai woman uh that he supposedly falls in love with and shit like they did this better in her okay um i'd rather watch that <laughs> anyway um her, her was a good movie though. it was I'm really good that. her did it way better than this shit like they there was it's like he tried to put her into the fucking blade runner universe he could have just made a blade runner film you didn't have to do this extra shit no one cares about this ai dude what are you doing god anyway i'm mad all over again <laughs> um all right so uh let's rate it zero to five man what would you give it i give it a five all right um i think <laughs> i think i give the first man a three like uh, it was uh it was it was i was hoping for a four but i i, I at least you didn't go lower than a three no nah, i don't want to disrespect it you know like i i'm i'm me and you joke a lot about movies and shit um uh, <laughs> probably too much but we joke a lot about movies but i you know i try not to let that affect my actual opinion of shit you know like uh you know i joke about the dark knight and whatever but that's literally one of my favorite movies you know like i, I watch that like once or twice a year that's uh christian they, they, bell and um and uh nolan they they fucking made something there and you can understand because it was very funny online which is why i posted it right but you can understand the genuine pain i felt when i went to that imax 10th anniversary screening <laughs> and the fucking camera broke during the the interrogation scene <laughs> and and they kicked us out of the theater like we couldn't go back and i was like you gotta be fucking kidding me yeah i don't think i've ever been happier uh <laughs> someone's misfortune than that when you said that shit on facebook i was like is this real or is it joking i was like oh it's real oh awesome we won we won black panther you should have kept your mouth shut the the curse of the black panther is on your ass man uh <laughs> but um it's gonna be interesting though right because speaking of black panther uh you know like i said i give it a three but i you know like i said I, I wouldn't like try to shit on the movie on some like one or two shit but uh the black panther thing is gonna be interesting because i feel like it came out at the beginning of the year and now that the war season is coming out the hype has kind of died down and it's not gonna get that level of hype when the wars come around like the you well, know i think it, i think it's gonna get um i think because they can go 10 nominations mm-hmm I think a lot of the voters will say some may legitimately think it's one of the 10 best. Like I'm not, yeah. I'm not dismissing it as like, Oh, they're just going to give it to like, there are going right. to be plenty of voters that actually have it in their legit top 10. Right. But I also think politically it will be good for the, for the Academy, not only because of the diversity, but because it was a, an enormous blockbuster. Like right. 
one of the three biggest in history. So like ratings will only benefit if right. you nominate it for best picture. Now what will happen is some good movie will win best picture. It won't be Black Panther. Right. And Twitter will be like, man, fuck it. Like as if it, like fuck the Oscars, man. Yeah. For, only, like, only, black, only black, only black, only black Twitter will do that. Um, <laughs> and the thing, and the thing is though, like black Twitter, is if like if Beale Street can talk beats Black Panther, right? It won't. But no, um, I know. But you know what I mean. Like yeah. if it's a like, or Black Klansman, it's like well. Uh, see i think it's gonna those movies are gonna split the black vote so we're gonna get we're gonna get fucked anyway but um not that any of those movies wouldn't deserve it or whatever but um to me there's no clear front runner this year where it's like um like uh, no offense to you but uh i feel like first man's kind of your captain phillips thing where oh it's definitely gonna be it's it's definitely gonna be my captain phillips yeah like you, <laughs> you'll be like this movie was a fucking tour de force and everybody else is gonna be like yeah okay man well, um, I still can't. But the thing is, Captain Phillips. What was weird to me is it did get a Best Picture nomination. It right. didn't have a chance, but it right. did get nominated. But Tom Hanks didn't get nominated, and that to me I, was bizarre. In a just was like, in a just world, that would be the opposite, in my opinion. He would get the I, right. acting nomination. The movie to me was not that good, but him and then that dude that said look at me i'm the captain oh, they, now they robbed him yeah they robbed him those two should have got something <laughs> but fuck everybody else that movie was not that good um <laughs> so uh i mean because let's be honest jail it comes down to that one scene where he starts crying that's that's the whole movie so you can't i mean and the bulls don't win a championship if michael jordan doesn't hit the shot over brian russell at the end but they still go to the fucking easter conference finals without michael jordan so this movie without captain without fucking tom hanks is a trash ball so whoa yeah it's not a good movie um this 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 episode is ending with a lot of slander i'm giving a lot of credit to tom hanks is what i'm doing (laughs) i I don't i I think tom hanks is one of the finest actors we've ever produced and uh much like denzel washington can carry a shit movie to uh to to, to some level of acclaim uh uh training day is a horrible movie but denzel washington carried that fucking piece of shit so nobody thinks it's bad you know Uh, cast morgan freeman as denzel in in that movie are we really talking about how great training day was does it get anything no um so anyway my point being that uh um uh my man tom hanks uh and 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 captain phillips is gonna i think this is gonna be your uh ryan gosling first man this year so i I don't think it's getting the the uh, claim that uh that you have for it um but at this by that same token i just think black panther the hype was so hype that it actually kind of wore it kind of ate itself you know like i watched the bet awards which was only in like june so like black panther came out in february right it set all these records through february march april all this shit right i think it was mm-hmm. still setting records in like june so the fucking bet awards come out and jamie fox is making jokes about wakanda forever and shit and black twitter was like oh god i'm so sick of black panther <laughs> so i don't know man i feel like oh it's gonna be some people going through the motions when black panther doesn't make it this year there's gonna be a lot of like i'm so outraged but really are you right yeah. i'd like i wouldn't mind this year though for there not to be a front runner like mm-hmm. i'd like it to be like a you know for like three movies to have a real shot right where you re- you really don't know which is, which is going to be the pick like maybe vice because mm-hmm. for me i thought the big short was a masterpiece right and maybe vice is going to like elevate adam mckay above just the screenwriting credit but like now has he made the best movie of the year um and, it's, we'll and it's, it's been like that the last few years in my opinion i don't think we've had these like oh that movie is going to win movies for the for the best picture like uh spotlight won the year big the big short was in there yeah um the martian was in there the revenant was in there room was in there like yeah you know and i and mad max fury road was in there too and i feel like that's the black panther slot for this year is right. the uh yeah it's really good for the kind of film it was but you know we ain't nominating well, you know, I, th- I think what i mean is you're right like the, you there was no like guaranteed winner once yeah. the, you know because la la land and moonlight like right. moonlight was a surprise shape of water uh, was a surprise for a lot of people 
But I think I think what I mean then specifically is more like when the awards night begins, mm-hmm. I'd like it so that you have like actor from one movie, actress from another movie, screenwriter from one movie. Oh, okay. From an, so that like when the picture comes up, you're like, man, they've split like all the major awards. So who knows who got the most votes for picture? Yeah, yeah. And I feel like, yeah, like I said, I feel like we've been getting that lately. Like, because uh, last year didn't like Jordan Peele win for Get Out. But I think like when when Del Toro won director, that's oh, then, when I sort of in my oh, head was like, okay. Oh, okay, I think then I think that that sets it up for Shape of Water. Mm, okay, good point. But, good point. But I think it'll be. I mean, there's there's been there's been a lot of I think a lot of solid movies this year, so it should be. A, I just hope there's no. I'd like to see Black Panther have to share the popular slot with A Quiet Place. I really hate that they took away that category. We that. They they should have had that one category for like best, you know, whatever that fucking category was. Block, best popular movie. Category. Yeah, like it wasn't because everyone went. It's gonna be who made the most sales. And I'm like, you know, it's not gonna be that because the fucking Oscars. Uh, like, <laughs> like it's not the Grammys, bitch. Like they gonna they they gonna, they gonna find a way to fucking twist it. But I did want that to be a category, not because of Black Panther which everyone kept saying but i think the way the war was going to be set up black panther wouldn't have been eligible because it was going to be the next year but um even if it would have been black panther available um we need that fucking award because the the oscars has been needing to recognize that they're not the fucking um like it's not the indie fucking award every year like right you know what i mean like this yeah. like it's, it's so weird that we live in a world where there's the the number one like uh height the echelon of your fucking uh status is you win this fucking oscar and then in real life motherfuckers are becoming like billionaires and, and no one's going like oh, you know what these guys might have figured something out here like maybe well, I, maybe marvel knows what they're doing you know <laughs> sure and i think the grammys had this problem like a couple decades ago where it would be like the nominees it'd be like one nominee you'd heard of and then it was like the winner would be you know yo-yo ma right and i'm exaggerating a little bit but it's like and maybe that was great but people at a certain point are like i don't give a fuck like what <laughs> yeah why am i watching this this doesn't it reflect- might be great but like <laughs> i mean come on like we're not you didn't get 35 million viewers because some you know like some artist that was popular 25 years ago put out a, a brand new album of like uh, uh banjo hits and right. like all of a sudden you're like this was a critical masterpiece <laughs> yeah frank's and, frank sinatra plays the christmas carols and you're like okay that's cool but i mean did that beat out lady gaga in the club or what right and then i think tv has mass has come to the best the best conclusion which is like if it's great and it's popular then that's doubly great for us. Yeah. We're not going to discount Breaking Bad or Game of Thrones or The Sopranos because they're popular and that somehow discounts their excellence. Yeah, the Emmys have it figured out and then the Golden Globes kind of have it figured out because the Golden Globes is like, well, we just won't take our own shit serious. So, you right. know, <laughs> like you can't get too mad at us giving like something that's been on amazon for two weeks the fucking uh, <laughs> the fucking tv show of the year because we're all drunk okay <laughs> like we're not taking it serious um but yeah it is weird about the grammys though because the grammys will do shit like uh coming up after the break a performance by lady gaga featuring beyonce and then when it comes to album of the year they're like beck that's right. <laughs> all 12 of you who bought the album he was killing it uh, yeah beck yeah beck was like their guy for a little while yeah he won over beyonce dude i'll never forget that shit i, I was sitting in the house at, at the house with my mouth up and like but wait a minute one of these people <laughs> one of these people could come in my house right now serve me a pizza and i'd be like thank you for showing up papa john's guy um <laughs> and the other one is fucking beyonce are we serious um yeah. all right man so uh yeah you guys got a little extra movie talking here like you always get um with me and jl uh you got some shade towards captain phillips um <laughs> uh which you guys deserve um and you know you got uh some behind the paywall love for a dark knight so you guys will never get that unless you pay for it uh because once <laughs> i get back on these facebook streets i'm gonna the be feud, on your ass the feud continues it's, fra- <laughs> it's like fraser and ali meeting in the car right now 
<laughs> uh but yeah man check out jl covan's podcast making podcasts great again it's a fucking excellent podcast uh every week man uh cracks me up uh best trump impression in the game hands down it's not close um and then uh is so the righteous prick have you taken down all the stuff off the feed yeah it's it's all gone um never happened guys i'm sorry i said so it never happened guys all right you guys exactly (laughs) he deleted it like his old tweets when those resumes go out for a day job they'll have to purchase my albums if they want to hear some shameful things <laughs> so at least i get that benefit it's like well we didn't get the job but we did buy six of your albums i'm like well that's like a day's worth of pay so thank you you, you can uh you can um take uh instagram live with no shirt on uh in the bed and being like uh you know what uh if you don't believe people, people grow, grow. <laughs> you know, if you don't I, think that's on you man uh <laughs> all right oh so make sure you guys support jl in case he doesn't get the oscars hosting gig in uh in kevin hart's <laughs> place um uh, all right and follow him on twitter at jl covan and uh facebook jl covan um so i think you have a fan, a fan page up there too right fan page is gone oh well there you go well all right don't don't follow him on facebook follow him on twitter at jl covan all right guys uh until next time peace